Hello, everyone. Welcome to College Coaching Network Social Spotlight Live. We are excited to be with you again to do another 1010 challenge. This morning with us, we have the very beautiful and talented Ms. D. Brown. She is a recruiting and admission advisor with Columbia College. And so she has quite the diverse uh, set of skills. So she's a look a recruiter by day and an entertainer by night. So we and she's a beautiful singer. So we want to make sure that we get to integrate that in this conversation. Although she is a very talented and passionate recruiter as well. So I'm going to turn it over to Clyde because I know he has the questions, so we can find out all about her very first job. Yes, I'm ready to jump in, and it's cool because she's a. a, a um, a church girl where she started getting her roots singing in the church. So I know she can sing, you know, they have people that can sing, but then they have some that can sing. Yeah. So I, I would, and you know, if you want to sing anything today, we know we won't hold it against oh, you if you want to sing anything. My goodness. Oh my goodness. You know, maybe we'll, we'll talk about that later on. Maybe, maybe. All right. <laughs> maybe. All right. That'll work. That'll be the first time we've ever had anybody sing on one of our spotlights. So that'll that be like true. super, super That's great. That would be nice. All right. So 10 questions, 10 seconds. Let's jump in. So the first one, all, all about your first job. Number one, um, did you interview for your first job? And if so, how did the first interview go? This is funny. Okay, so kind of let you know, I grew up in Wyandotte County, Kansas City, and I went to Washington High School. Across from Washington High School was this little shack place called Tacos and More. That was my first job. And the interview went like this. I had a cousin who worked there. My cousin Keisha had worked there. And it was like in the summertime. And the manager... Uh, she took me to him and it was just like, I want a job. I needed a job. And it was like, okay, you have a job. That was the bulk of my interview. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know somebody. That's, that's what, that's the key right that's there. Right. All right, so, so um, and you, you say the name of the place again. Are they still open today? No, I, you know, that little shack across the street from Washington Heights is probably something else. I think, it tried to be another restaurant, but yeah, it was the most little rinky-dink, little shack, little small building. It's called Tacos and More, you Taco know, and so, yes, you did everything. We was a cook. We was a drive-through person. <laughs> I mean, we did everything, you know, and the crazy thing, I don't even think we had a stove. We had a, what is it, like a crock, it wasn't a crock pot, like a, what is it called, like a other thing you made all the ground beef in? I'm talking too much now, but yeah, but that, that was the first job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, they, they call those hole in the wall spots and they have the best food honestly they have the best food okay yeah. so what was your what was your title on your um at your first position <laughs> i don't even think they had a, a position it was just you know worker you work in there and you just kind of do everything that's needed of you but i would say you know maybe man more so maybe cashier not cashier it, i don't even think it was a title it was like you know hey Come along. Work. Oh, so we're going to say your official title was Jack of All Trades. Here we go. Yes. Okay. Do you remember your first hourly rate of pay? Dude. Okay. <laughs> I don't. But here's ironic. I, I must have been a, a taco expert because I went and worked at Taco Bell thereafter. And I know back then Taco Bell was the highest paying 
fast food restaurant. That's when I remember how much I made per hour. It was six dollars. Six dollars an hour. Oh, oh, oh. That was big money back in the day. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's was, you couldn't tell me nothing, okay? We thought we were yeah. doing <laughs> yeah, six dollars. No bills though. I mean you didn't have any bills, so right. yeah. Uh all right, so were you on time or late? And uh, whatever way you were, what did you learn this from? Okay, so <laughs> I tried to be on time, but I probably was a little bit late about five, 10 minutes to see what happened was, you know, <laughs> up, um, in, in the church, you know, you know, we call that CP time, you know, so you're kind of a little bit late, uh, but you on time, you always yeah. there. But I always was willing to stay afterwards or work, you know, the longer yeah. hours. So yeah. I was a hard worker, but yeah, yeah, I was pray for me, you know, the back then I wasn't always on time, but I was always there. You could always count on me being there. <laughs> now, what they call that no show, no call. You can't do that. You get fired. Not, for, 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 right. For I showed up. I, I was there. I may have been like two minutes, you know, late, but I was so, to use the grace, the grace period. Okay, so I'm pretty confident I know the answer to this, but I want to hear your description of this. Appearance, um, were you like prepared the night before? What, did you like iron all your stuff out and all that, or did you just go in there and however it was? It is what it is. For my uh, first job, I just probably I woke up and and put on clothes. But the funny thing is, I was never like I love clothes. Period. Uh, as an adult, I prepare things a little bit more because I love to sleep. But back in the day. Uh, I was not preparing my clothes, but that's probably why I was 10 minutes late because I had to make sure what I was wearing, I was comfortable with and that it was right. So we're going to say this with that 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, biggest life lesson from your first job, thinking back. Man, um, all bosses are not created equal. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, he was interesting, uh, very, uh, man, how can I say this? He he was not very tentative to the employees. It was just like, you show up, you do it. Hygiene was not of importance to him. Um, so I learned quite a bit in that position that you've got to be prepared to deal with all walks of life, no matter what job or a career that you have and be able to communicate effectively. That's good. That's, yes, that's one good. of the things real quick, I got I got um, three more questions, but one of the things I want to highlight what you just said is so many people complain about what they don't like instead of looking at what is being modeled the wrong way and making the decision that you're going to correct that when you get the opportunity. So okay. I definitely want to see kind of how you change that as, as we go further into your career. All right. So were you a saver or a spender? Oh, say that one more time. Were you a saver or a spender? Man, um, kind of a bit of both. And, and it, and it kind of uh, plays into today. My parents have always taught me to save, um, but it's okay to reward yourself. So my father, he, they were very financially savvy people. And it's very odd sometimes for pastors uh, to know that my dad was, he got he was very smart and listening early on. He passed it on to me. It's like, 
you saved, but you pay yourself a certain amount of paycheck. I don't care if it's $5 per paycheck back to you because you worked hard for it. So yeah. I will always put a certain amount back for my, you know, working, but then a uh, certain amount, but I said that backwards, but you pay yourself, even if it's $5 a paycheck um, to do something because you worked hard. So I would budget for, cause I like to shop. Um, so I, would love to like, I got this amount to shop, but it also pushed me into the person of I'm going to look for the discount in the sale as well, but I'm a shop, but then I'm also going to say. That's right. That's right. Yes. The best of both worlds. Okay. Last two questions. What song best describes your first job or what song was popular during the time of your first job? Mary J. Blige was popping. She's still popping today. Right. But what what's making me think? I don't know why this is is uh, standing out to me, but "Share My World" by that by Mary J. Blige. Um, I think. Wait, is that the the title of it? Yeah. I don't know why that's uh, standing out, but I believe that was the time when I got my first job. Me leaving some of the covering I had as a young person and being a pastor's kid because um, it was like, man, you're getting ready to meet some people that you've never even met before or some people who are very familiar to you. And how do you thrive in an environment that you're not used to? And so it was basically you're sharing your world, they're sharing their world, we're just coming together. So for me, that that stands out, you know? Yes, yes. Because all those relationships that your dad had were already pre-established. And so now you have to go in the world and establish your own identity which is what all kids i think are trying to do they're trying to prove yes. to their parents that they can be independent that's good uh yes. last question most embarrassing moment most embarrassing moment ever happened to you on your first job <laughs> um on the first job man i got some embarrassing moments i don't think it was at my first job oh, go, ahead share those. go ahead and share those please yes <laughs> i was like <laughs> I would say it wasn't so much uh, an embarrassing moment, but it was just like, really? <laughs> I, okay, so I worked at Verizon Wireless. That was my first job out of college. And you know, when you come out of college, you're like, I know everything, you know, I done got educated and I know this and that. Um, so I was a customer service rep in the store off 119th in Oakland Park. Mm -hmm. yes. So that was basically the main hub at that time where people would come to get their phones fixed. So I worked in the department where they fix the phones, troubleshoot, as well as customer service. So I had this one guy, I mean, he was uh, dressed to the nine, looked very studious, looked like he knew what was going on, businessman. He came in and back in the day, we used to have those refurbished phones we used to mail out to you with the insurance plan. So he comes in, people yeah. will come and be like, I need my phone fixed, so I got my refurbished phone, blah, blah, blah. Well, this man comes in, and he's heated. So he's like mad. We're used to that. You know, he comes in, and he has the box that is uh, LG, was it 500, the little flat flip phone back in the day that was <laughs> Motorola. That's what the phone came in. He's like, my right. phone's not working. My phone's not working, and I just got this phone, and he, I mean, he was living. So yeah, I took the phone. I said, oh, okay, sir. I'm so sorry. I took the phone and I powered it on, yeah. He looked, he says, what'd you do? <laughs> I like, I powered it on. <laughs> I powered it on and makes all this noise. Like, he was like, what'd you do? 
what you do? And I was like, I, I'm tired. And I was tired. He was just like, oh, he grabbed the phone and just walked out. Like, <laughs> he was embarrassed. And then I was like, really, did that just happen? <laughs> Oh, that's because don't judge a book by its cover and that was my whole thing it's like i thought he knew what was going on in this world but cell phones was not his thing he just needed to make sure he could make a phone call and power it on he has never done before <laughs> that is good that is good i'm sure he thought about that a lot too yeah like yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's funny so so mika mika i'm sure she'll ask some questions but you know, you are unique because you came from the church. And so you've seen business your whole life. You, yes. but you, you've seen it from the church perspective. And then you go to college and you get educated and then you come out into the real world. So I guess my first question is, as you were transitioning from being a PK and then trying to have a job while you're in high school and all that, and then going to college, how was that transition? Um, because sometimes they say PKs are the craziest ones. How did you how did you keep your family name protected, but yet you still got all this independence? That would be the first place I'd like to start. I mean, that that's a loaded question and it's a good question. Um, the one thing, the fear of God, but then I had the fear of James and Janet Bailey. Um, my parents did not play. And it's funny because I wasn't your typical pastor's kid because I'd be like, I'm a PK. They'd be like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, you a PK. We know what that means. I was totally opposite. I was a good girl. You know, I, I did everything to my parents and my main goal was to make my parents proud. I never wanted to be the burden. And my parents always say, hey, no matter where you go, people know you, even when you don't know them. You know, they know who you are. That's that Bailey girl. My maiden name was Bailey. So they be like, that's that Bailey girl. Okay, so my parents kind of scared me that way. So I was always a good girl. But it did take me when I went off to college and then just like being as an adult to really break off into my own, into who I am, you know, individually. My parents always encouraged me. They always um, invested in me, whether it be music, my education. Um, and then my dad was, I mean, I was a daddy's girl, huge dad's girl. Um, but what really separated, I had to learn in my adult life, I had to be delivered from people. If that makes sense, yeah, I had yeah. to go of what people thought about me because people are going to talk about you if you're doing something good, right. talk about you if you're doing something bad. But I had to learn to live life for D, Delinea, because. Yeah. Um, but I always made sure, and I have I have a great story. We probably don't have the time for it, but I had a great story. When I had a conversation with my father, even when I was getting ready to break off into music that wasn't gospel and different things like that, just to make sure I was never embarrassing my parents and that they understood firsthand from my mouth before anybody else that yes. this is what I'm doing. And so that breaking off, even in college, um, I learned a lot individually because I was on the with choir and music. I had a scholarship for that. But then I also was on the dance team. Being the only black girl on the dance team, being an RA, you know, I was always involved. Um, so my parents always pushed me to do my best, but that individuality started to really um, develop while I was in college, if that makes okay. sense. No, that's um, good. So, yeah, it's, it's, and it's still, you know, today, which really the lessons that I learned growing up in a very strict household, because, you know, they didn't play. 
Um, but allow me to be involved cheering and dancing in, in high school, then the college. And they always allow, allow me to be myself, but they always say, keep, keep God first. Remember that. Always keep God first and you'll never go wrong. And I always carry that with me till this day um, in regards to that. But breaking out, I'm going to really say it really happened, you know, after marriage. After I got married and, and grown out of college, I was like, all right, you know what? You got to be you. You know, you got to step out and do these things. Opportunities presented itself, and I took advantage. Oh. So I'm, I know maybe got questions for you. I got one, one more question. And I, I feel like I can go in this area with you more than I have with other people just because of your background. So you get to college, like a lot of students do, and they have all of this freedom. They have finally escaped their parents. They don't have to listen to their parents' mouths. They can stay out as long as they want to. They can go to the college parties and all that stuff. But at the same time, like you said, you want to make sure you make them proud. How do you balance all this new freedom and then create your own boundaries when your whole life, those boundaries were created for you? How did you do that? You know, I really have to account my parents. Um, like I said, they put the fear of God, but then also, you know, hey, you do this, this is what's going to happen. You know, you make sure you do it. My parents always taught me to be responsible. And it's nothing wrong with having fun. I think that I didn't have fun in college and did things. Um, but I always had people around me and about me that's holding me accountable, you know, and just to do it safely. Um, I stayed focused because I wanted to get out of college in four years. I didn't want to be a five or six year college student. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I even took 23 credit hours one semester while, while dancing on the dance team. You know, we did competitions at Daytona Beach, you know, all that stuff on the dance team, as well as being an RA. But I wanted to make sure to get out because I wanted to, what is the motivation to get off of my, under my parents because they were still paying for school along with my scholarships, right? So it was like, all right, and I'm gonna say this, and I'm probably gonna get in trouble. They say, all right, if you mess up in college, I went to Washburn University, you're gonna come back and you can go to, you call it Parallel University. Everybody know what that is and why that counts. You know, now, and it was just this little stupid stuff would scare me. I'd be like, I can't do that because everybody at school knew that I went to a four-year college. If I come back and go to community college, oh, God, you know, I can't yep, have that. Yep, yep. You know, so I was like, I got to make sure I am, you know, focused, but I was one tired sister, let me tell you. Between all those duties, I always made sure to have fun, but I always made sure you have time management. All right, you got to study for this class. You got to make sure this is happening. You got to make sure you get this grade to keep this scholarship or to do this. So I, it was just really self accountability. It was just self. Um, but you have your fun, but you also got to keep informed in front of what's your purpose and why you're doing this and what's the end game. Mm. Yes. 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 I look, I want to go back because I know that you are a recruiter now and you did so many things in college. How did you discover that as your passion and what you wanted to do now? You know, I tripped up on it. Really, what I wanted to be was a lawyer. I went to school. And that's why I went to Washburn, because, um, you know, I can talk. You know, that ain't, that's never a problem and it'd be very convincing. So I guess I'm kind of in the field as a recruiter, talking to people, encouraging them and, and, you know, hey, what are your goals? But what happened after I graduated from college, 
like I said, I worked for Verizon. And then I ended up working for a for-profit university called University of Phoenix, in which everybody knows to this day. I worked for them for seven years. And how I ran across them was at um, how I was working as a broker. Lord, I'm going everywhere. I started as a broker. I worked in the finance world after uh, after Verizon. Uh, and, and that came up to me. So meet a lot of customers, you know, when you're working. So somebody approached me with that. Um, went through some training with that, got certified for that, was a broker. But that's when 2008, the whole marketing crashed. Remember? So I ended up from being a broker, then I started working for IndyMac Bank, was another bank. And so I was like, okay, all right, I'm doing this. I ended up, it was a career fair that was happening in the same building where I was working at IndyMac Bank. <laughs> And I went there because I was like, I gotta get up out of here. I got, I need change. And I ran across University of Phoenix was there. They had a booth, and basically you're talking about your presentation and what you wear. A lady, because what I had on, she approached me. It was like, have you ever thought about working, you know, for a college? I went for the interview, landed it, and I loved it. That was like one of my favorite jobs as being a counselor or a recruiter. That's what in education, in education. And I just really found my calling. I would have never thought, you know, that I would do that. But then now looking, you know, back, it makes so much sense. You know, it makes so much sense. Then so, I got to <laughs> Go throw something out there real quick. That what what you just said is you were in a, you were in a situation that you didn't want to be in anymore. Right. And so many people walk around like this. They're what about me? What about me? What, what about me? And they're the victim. They're the victim. And because they have this going on, they can just complaining negative and all that. They can't bring those blinders down to see opportunities that are like within six feet. I mean, they may be right under their nose and they don't see them. And so for you to be able to notice that that was an opportunity, um, even though you were going through that situation, that speaks a lot to you being able to be a person of faith. Because a lot of times people that don't operate that way. Sometimes you don't know how you're going to get out, but you just go ahead and take a step of faith anyway, and you just kind of see where it goes. So I definitely want to give you acknowledgement for that. And I want to be able to make sure that other people will learn from you because some person right now may be listening to this, or they may listen to it through the app, and they may um, be applying for a particular college that they don't have the money to get to that college. But if yes. they listen to what Dee just said, they'll see that if they just have the faith, Somehow, some way, things always tend to work out, um, but you just got to take that first step. I don't you may not know how you're going to pay for it, but there can always be a way made for you. So I definitely want to acknowledge you for that. And then I'll, I'll throw it back to me because I got one last question. I'm going to say part two to that was you talked about your appearance and yes. how that played a factor in you being offered a position that may not have even been on their table because I've done enough career fairs or job fairs that colleges are usually there to recruit students, not hire. Right. So the fact that you were dressed the part opened an opportunity that may not have even been on the table or that they were focused on at the time. So I want students to understand that appearance, your first impression means everything. And you only get an opportunity to make one. You never know based on what you're wearing that day, 
how it can impact your life in a major way because essentially your wardrobe led you into your passion that particular day. And so I want students to really pay attention to what she said um, with talking about going into that career. So my next question I want to ask you is, you're also into music. Yeah. And so with having the two very different roles of being a recruiter by day, a musician by night, uh, a lot of students feel as though you know, or even adults can feel as though I can't pursue this because I have to do this. So right. can you tell everyone about how you have been able to sustain your passion in your nine to five? And look, that's that's part of it. And then also be able to pursue your passion as a musician. Yes. Um, it's really, you know, a God thing, but also I always make sure I cover myself. Um, we all know there's a lot of talented people in the world. There's a lot of talent. And there's also talented people that we know is like the one hit wonder. That person could really sing, but you know, you never hear from them any, anymore. I have learned being in this business for as long as I have and the people that I'm able to work with consistently have your business in order. Talent comes a dime or dozen. And I'm going to tell you that. And some people hate to hear that. And the reality is go after your passion, but always have a backup. Now, some people believe, you know, there's no backup. This is what I want to do. Yes, do it. But one thing that I always want to do is have education behind me. The reason being, when you walk into a room, and I know some people till this day who have made it, but you have to know that you are your, they are, um, the advertisement for that record company or they're the advertisement for that music but behind the doors when you go into a meeting and you have no idea what these business people are talking about or executives because you don't have the education to really pick up on some keywords that they're saying you are their, their I shouldn't say idol but you are the person that they're selling so they're mm -hmm. investing in you to do it but you see a paycheck to you that's being and you're like, okay, I'm gonna take it versus you ain't seeing what they paycheck is, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah. So, or they having you, you know, what yeah. you here, here's a check and you good because that's the most money you've ever seen in your life. You're like, hey, let's do this. But then sometimes you become an enslaved into that and you don't even know it. You have got yeah. to get that education, be able to realize what they're saying in that room or outside that room about you, how to read your contract and get that education. Because in the midst, how many people in the entertainment vision, I mean, entertainment has went on to do their own thing, but how many times have they stayed up under a company or up mm -hmm. under uh, something that because they had to work because they signed a contract and then they lose that passion? You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yes. This allows me yes. to do what I enjoy. Money's not everything, but it is very important. But it's also, I also, I tell people I'm a professional hustler because not only do I have the education to be able to help encourage students with education, let them know how important it is, but also be able to enjoy, do what I enjoy is that singing and, you know, in the evenings and to be able to do that, to be able to go in the studio when a certain company calls me, hey, can you come and lay down these tracks and so forth? Sure, I can do that being able to multitask. And then the companies that I'm with, even my current with Columbia College, which I love my job, they know what I do and they support it. All right, D, you know, have the best of both worlds. You do this by day, we know that you're doing that at night. 
but also getting a business degree. That's what I was. I got ended up getting my master's in business because right. I never wanted a piece of paper to to justify why I didn't get a job. This is a prime example. I would have never known the pandemic would hit and the entertainment business would be affected the way that it is. If you stay ready, you ain't never got to get ready. And that's the thing with education. Yes. You got to make sure you have it because right now, what am I doing? I still have my nine to five, but I also, I'm a, I'm a landlord. I have rental property. I have different things because that one degree allows me to put my interest in other directions by still doing what I enjoy. Now I'm doing with the music. I love it. But I'm also, I chose to do things to where I don't have to spend a whole lot of time. But my whole goal is when I'm sleeping, you make money no matter what, while enjoying what you're doing. That comes with education, baby. I don't care what nobody say you. Listen in those rooms to what other folks are telling you, how they're doing something and how they're becoming rich or how they make the money. Work smarter instead of harder. And that will save you in the long run. That was a long answer. I don't know <laughs> if my nephew is still listening because he's out there. But um, today is his birthday, so I definitely want to give a shout out to my nephew, Brennan Locke. Happy, um, yeah, happy birthday. You may be able to sing him happy birthday to him. That would be awesome <laughs> if you do that. Okay. Okay. See, now you put me on the spot. And you know what's so funny, and, and you'll laugh about this. I always get more nervous with singing in, in front of a small group of people than versus a big audience. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the weirdest thing. But sure, we will, we will sing happy birthday. What's your um, nephew's name? Brennan. Brennan Locke. Brandon. Brandon, happy Brandon. birthday. Um, I'm hoping you enjoying your day. And we just want to sing this a little bit. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, Brandon. Happy birthday to you. Man. <laughs> yeah, you can sign. Oh yes. Like I said, nervous. around that. Around that. Nervous in regards to doing that. <laughs> yeah, but the rock the stage. Hey, she's nervous and can deliver. Yes. <laughs> Yes. You know what? I had somebody tell me because I've come a long ways in music, and the person that helped me, and not to name call, but a big entertainer called Chris Calico. Him and his wife, Crystal Watson, were the ones who actually helped me break into the music and where I am today, and and, and manage me. And the one thing that he told me is, if you're not nervous, that's when you worry. But having a little nervousness, as much as he's done this in big crowds and amphitheaters, him and Tech Nine. He's like, yeah, I still get a little bit of nervous because if you're a little bit nervous, that's a good thing. That means you're going to be able to deliver. You care about what you're doing. So wow. that's always a good thing. Yeah. That's, that's well, good advice. She, yeah. she done left so many nuggets out on the table. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I'm delighted. I'm, well, we want to be respectful. Yes, I'm We so want to be respectful of your time. So. Yeah. So guys, again, Crystal, I mean, Crystal D is with Columbia College and she is a recruiter. So if you are looking 
for a college to get more information on or possibly attend, please, please, please reach out to D. Also adults, because D deals with recruiting adults. With the pandemic happening and people having to shift around their career paths, it's a great time to get back in school. And then also you can connect with College Coaching Network because we also have scholarship opportunities for adults as well. So want to put that out there. But D, we certainly appreciate your time and being able to share your knowledge to the students and families because there's a couple things I want to go back that you said is of course dress for success no matter where you go always make sure that you have a way to create multiple streams of income because you never know when a shift could come if you're ready you don't have to get ready and then also about networking, because Dee was able to tell us about the different things that she did in college, which connected her with a lot of phenomenal people. So, again, we want to thank you for being able to share a piece of your story and you being a taco artist. Right. And then, look, I'm sure the gentleman that was dressed to the nines is going to remember how to power on their cell phone. I can only imagine the struggle he's having now if right. that phone is causing the problem. However, you know. Yes. yes. So guys, we want, we want to thank you for tuning in the Social Spotlight Live. Remember, we're here every Friday bringing industry professionals to tell us about their very first job and also give words of wisdom about their path and their current career. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you. And all of them, all of them don't sing. So thank you. <laughs> yes. It was very hard. It was yes. very hard to do that, but I do sing better than that. You have to just go to my website or something to check it out. You're good with me. Yes. yes. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys. Happy Friday, everybody.